0: frequency to two girls, one podcast, the internet radio broadcast that asks and answers one simple question. What if money had cute doggos on it instead of dead white dudes? And now here are the only hosts who do this whole podcast thing as a side hustle. In case the crypto mining doesn't pan out, Jennifer Jamula and Alison Goldberg.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast, in which we're talking to people behind internet communities and phenomena that we find really interesting
2: we also have our producer here with us. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello, sir. So our guest today has asked to keep this episode family friendly. So I'm going to have to sit this one out.
3: Well, uh, we'll see you later.
2: Bye. I'll see you. Well, this is going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think Don't I just go need anywhere. to get it out of my system. You know, like maybe I could just yeah. do a string of curses and Matt could just beat me out. All right. Do it. That we have to keep This goddamn F***ing thing fucking friendly Did you know That after The pandemic The biggest problem Is gonna be A super strain Of gonorrhea It's gonna be Super gonorrhea That's the next Pandemic gonorrhea Cause everybody's Gonna be f***ing So much It's gonna be A super strain Of gonorrhea Cause people Are gonna be in every hole they're gonna fuck in the hoo-ha they're gonna fuck in the bum hole they're gonna fuck in the mouth hole in the ear hole it's gonna be all the orifices and it's just f- bullshit that, that i can't talk about this more how do you feel i feel better thank you yeah all right you want to tell them about today's episode sure <laughs>
3: <I> was <gonna laughs> today <say> like- <laughs> we have the the ghost of walt disney ladies and gentlemen <laughs>
2: What a Nazi
3: I'm
1: impressed you do you know that many Swear words like if somebody asked me to just Go on a rant of swear words
2: Honestly like on the fly you know I I I did what I could but With some preparation I could have pulled out Way more Mm -hmm. I just didn't know
1: all right. Well, let's prepare next time and, and we'll take up the full hour with that. Okay. So, <laughs> so today, everybody, we are going to be speaking with an advocate for open source and decentralization. Um, his name is Gary LeChance should look him up because he is the co-founder of something called the Decentralized Dance Party. So with that, you know, we're kind of talking about decentralized art, uh, but we're also going to be talking about Dogecoin today. So this is going to take a couple different directions.
2: Is there anything I missed in there? No, it was super sexy. Thank you.
1: How are your uh, crypto investments going just while we're um, here?
2: Pretty well. They're fine. Okay. I mean, they're kind of the same. Bitcoin and Ethereum are strong. Litecoin was a bad idea and Filecoin brand new. Can't really judge it yet. You know, you need to get to right. know it before you really judge it. It's a good yeah.
3: portfolio, though. That's that's very diversified. I, I Thank think, you. Is it's what diversified they, what portfolio
2: of a, uh, a small amount of money in each. Very mm-hmm. small. Yeah, I guess I could use Dogecoin to buy other coins or buy Bitcoin or whatever. I don't know. It's all very confusing.
1: You can use one current cryptocurrency to buy another that's I think never, so never occurred to me. All
2: I don't right. see why not yeah, but I wouldn't quote me on that since I don't actually have any idea
3: <laughs> did you ever as a kid as some as part of any math or financial whatever literacy something
2: wait, you think they teach us financial literacy in schools? no,
3: but I remember <laughs> as a kid like opening a bank account and then you'd look at your interest on the little passbook or whatever but then i also and no. maybe it was just my parents but i purchased a stock and every day in the newspaper you it would print mm. out the 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 stocks wait
2: your parents taught you financial liter- did they teach you how to do taxes they sat no, you down not- and they were like here's a form 990n
3: Definitely not. And so I don't remember, I don't remember why this happened, if it was school related or not, but I remember
2: picking a random
3: stock. Yeah. Yeah. Picking Mm -hmm. a random stock out of the, the, the paper, putting $5. Yes. And then looking and then getting the paper every day and being like, Oh, this random string of letters for a company. I have no idea what it is, is up two cents or is down five cents. and, and, I don't know. You, no one did that. That wasn't a thing. You're no.
1: correct. We did that. Wait, in really? Our, you did that in my school's gifted program. <laughs>
3: yeah, whoa, maybe that
1: was whoa, it.
2: Oh, that's fascinating. Like keeping the kids ahead who are already ahead. Uh, like yeah, just teaching f- social freaking classes. Freaking elitist. That's how yeah. it should
3: work. How else would you structure it?
2: No, no, no. no. Well. Oh. You're kidding. Got it.
3: <laughs> how, uh, are the, how are the smart kids supposed to win at life if they're not ahead? How are, are ahead? the smart
2: what? kids going to stay ahead?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: But you know, I, I still don't understand the stock market. So that was not <laughs> helpful. And that
3: was
2: middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe a bit too young, but I do think they should teach us communication, empathy, and financial literacy. And that is the only thing, really. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else, just let it be a free for all. Figure it out. See what you like But then the world would be a better
1: place And like do you really want the world to be a better place mm. I don't know Yeah. What would we work towards if everything was already <laughs> awesome Secretary of Ed Allison Goldberg All nope. right. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> Alright we're going to talk to Gary soon We'll get into some of this But what do we got going with trivia today Matt
3: I've got some doge trivia you I would know. assume so This is uh, how could you not Dogecoin is based on the Doge meme, which is of course based on some cute pictures of Shiba Inu pupsters. Uh, and interestingly, all Shiba Inus alive today are descended from three bloodlines of of dogs.
2: Wow, they're gonna Game of Thrones that.
4: Mm,
3: I like you know, that.
2: they'll they'll fight for like the head the, of the, the Sh- Shiba. Should the Shiba Ine, as I like to call them in plural?
3: Mm-hmm. I believe it's it's Shiba's Inu is the plural.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it Shiba Inu and Shibu Inu?
3: It depends on the gender.
2: <laughs> I it's like Shiba-da- Shibas. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Thank you for for resolving that. You're welcome.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So, historically speaking, though, why are Shiba Inus, Shiba's Inu, so genetically rare? What caused this sort of tightening of their bloodline? Uh, I have three choices for you. One is the actual cause of this Shiba problem, and the other two are made up. Are you prepared? Prepared. A, in medieval Japan, samurai used Shibas as hunting dogs, and they were so competitive about breeding that they would just euthanize any doge without the desired hunting traits. Just just cancel them to get the best hunters. Okay. That's choice A. B, a genetic mutation caused by overbreeding in the early 20th century caused many lines of Shibas to die young. It took breeders 35 years to weed out the abnormality and get a healthy Sheba population. Back on track. That is choice B, okay, or C. Sheba's almost went extinct during World War II due to food shortages and a canine viral epidemic. Ooh, gonna go with B. Okay, goes B
1: specific.
3: Okay,
2: I'm gonna go with A, and I also want to ask you what was the name of the canine epidemic in option C.
3: It, mm, mm, Was it mm.
2: canine 19?
3: Oh, oh, oh. Was it? No.
2: Okay, I'm going with A. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Allie goes with uh, Samurai's uh, breeding hunting dogs. Jen goes with B, the genetic overbreeding mutation. We will find out why all Shiba Inus come from three families of Shiba. After this commercial break,
1: hey
2: Allie, what's this music? (laughs) It's the dojiest because it's time to thank our dojiest supporters. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much to the following people who donated to our Patreon at the $10 level or more. Thank you so much, Chris Harrison, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Melissa
2: Elliott. James Dozier, Deborah Duberpants, Kathy Phillips, William, Wesley Cordell, and Matthew Scott. Patreon.com slash 2G1P.
0: And now a real post entitled, Tipping on Rent, from the number one website for etiquette tips. Next door courtesy of
1: best of next door when paying rent what is customary to tip the landlord uh leasing company i found 15 percent of my rent is a number i'm comfortable with uh And have gone as high as twenty-five percent during the holiday seasons.
2: She can tip me to do anything. You know what I'm talking about?
1: (laughs) She's just giving it away.
2: Yeah, I'll take it. I will take it. All right. Well, what's going
1: on with this trivia, Matt?
3: Doge, the Shibas. They are. I don't think they're rare. I think like you could get a Shiba if you wanted to, but the, the, their bloodlines are rare because of a historical problem. Uh, why? Uh, Ali went with a that the samurai were breeding them, and they would just look. They would just get rid of the the bad ones. Uh, Jen was, went with, wait
1: was that noise like your decapitation noise yeah, okay. yeah. so yeah
3: we're on video today but uh, I'm slicing my own throat with my finger <laughs> Jen you went with the genetic mutation caused by overbreeding in the early 20th century nobody chose food shortages and doggy pandemic uh, for choice C
1: that is correct
3: okay the correct answer is C. No food combined with the, a very specific virus. You asked about the name. I can I can look that up for you quickly here.
2: Springing us down with more epidemic pandemic news. I know. Question, what makes something an epidemic versus a pandemic?
3: Great question. I do not know.
2: This is like the misinformation, disinformation question, although we settled that one. I think it's scale, but I'm not
3: 100% sure. Uh, I don't know. Canine distemper? is a viral disease that affects a wide variety of mammal families, including domestic and wild dogs.
2: It's called distemper?
3: Distemper.
2: I have that problem. Distemper. (laughs) Who doesn't have that problem?
3: All Shibas alive today are descended from three prefectures in Japan. I, I believe those are like districts or cities uh, mm-hmm. in Japan uh, because they were the only places that could keep it keep it going, keep the Shibas going uh, r- during and after World War II. So all the Shibas are, fr- are from those those hoods, uh, which is just you know kind of kind of unique, I guess.
2: Cool, cool. We ready for uh, some DDP?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know me.
1: You got that right. We are so excited to welcome to the show, Gary Lachance. Gary is the co-founder of the Decentralized Dance Party. He is a Doge enthusiast, uh, self-proclaimed, but it's also true, and an advocate of open source and decentralization. Welcome to the show, Gary.
4: Good morning. It's great to be here.
1: It's great to have you. So we're just going to jump right in. Could you please explain for our dear listeners what a distributed dance party is?
4: There's a lot to it, so (laughs) how much time do we have exactly?
2: (laughs) Honestly, Um, I have nowhere to be.
4: Decentralized dance party started about 11 and a half years ago here in Vancouver. The idea was to use an FM radio transmitter and a backpack that would beam music out to hundreds of boomboxes, which were all tuned to our frequency.
1: Can I ask why boomboxes?
4: Well, 11 years ago, there were no Bluetooth speakers. Our only option to create a party was an FM transmitter and a bunch of these old boomboxes from the 80s and 90s all rigged together.
2: So you had to physically deliver boomboxes to other locations, is that correct?
4: We had to figure it out. When we started, it was just a few friends and then it grew and grew and it got to be hundreds of boomboxes and thousands of people. So we'd have a start location. All the boomboxes would be there. They'd be prepped, batteries in, all the controls taped down so people wouldn't mess them up. And then we'd hand them out, and we'd have a pre-planned route through the city, and we'd lend them out for the night and take people on this crazy roaming adventure through the streets.
2: Has this happened, or is it the goal that there will be boomboxes in countries around the world?
4: Yeah, initially, as soon as we experienced this thing, we were like, wow, we've got something very, very special on our hands here. And the stretch goal was, yeah, to take this thing worldwide. And we've been on that path ever since. We've done tours across Canada, the US, Europe, a few other random spots. And yeah, the ultimate goal is to do simultaneous global parties, world tours, and decentralize it fully, activate people.
2: Would you deliver boomboxes around the world, or would you switch to streaming?
4: There's been a lot of different ideas over the years. One of my favorites for the world tour was we'd just be kind of airdropped in. This was a reality show idea. Ten days and $10,000 to assemble a fleet, learn how uh, the local culture operated, and figure out how the local police or military worked. And then that would be how we would activate.
1: I'm sorry, you would like parachute in?
4: Hopefully, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, okay, but the, idea is that there, the idea is that there would be boomboxes in different locations, potentially around the world, so everyone is listening to the same music and having the same dance party around the world. Is that correct?
4: There was the world tour with us, and then the, also the idea of a global simultaneous activation. And then when the pandemic hit a year ago, we started doing virtual parties through Zoom. And we realized that, wow, everyone who's a node in this Zoom call could be a note out anywhere in the world with a boombox or with these giant soundbox speakers. Question. Mm-hmm.
2: What percentage of distributed dance party goers are also burners? I have some multiple choice options for you. <laughs> a, 85%, B, 90%, or C, 100%.
3: Burners is burning man
4: people burning
3: men
2: that is correct Matthew burning men burning women burning people
4: burnings man yes So probably everyone who identifies as a burner or would be identified as a burner it's probably ready to go for a DDP.
2: So, one hundred percent. Not everyone I, here shows up. I agree. Eyes. I agree.
1: <laughs> Something that's coming to mind is, you know, as I was reading into this a little bit, it seems like in a distributed dance party, there's an opportunity to interact with people that you might not normally interact with in a way that you never have before. How is that going virtually? And like. Is it able to be recreated in a virtual setting? That sort of spontaneity of like being around other people?
4: Yeah, that's definitely a big part of the magic here is like, I don't know if you've been to Burning Man, but we're able to create kind of this Burning Man type atmosphere in the middle of a city where it's like this temporary autonomous zone where hopefully people are liberated from whatever their normal conditioning and mode of thought and behavior is
2: i am so upset that i didn't know about this pre-pandemic this is my jam i would have been there with so many costumes on multiple wigs at once you can still do it allie I mean, not till the pandemic's over, not really. I mean, the Zoom dance party, but Zoom dance parties aren't my thing. Just personally, personally, they're not my thing. So um, I know that you're also looking to get a Nobel Peace Prize. Can you tell us about that?
4: After doing these parties for just a few months, we realized that this is this amazing new form of social alchemy. It's not like going to a normal concert where it's like some DJ on a stage or whatever. It's like everyone holding a boombox is a node in a network. I was randomly in the middle of the hockey riot here in Vancouver about nine years ago.
2: I don't know what that is. It's
4: a riot after a hockey game is lost.
2: Got it. Up to speed.
4: <laughs> and yeah, being in the middle of that was like, I'd heard of hive mind and Groupthink before that, but this was like, I was like wow this is really a thing. Ninety, eighty, ninety 80 90% of the people in there were like completely transformed into this like crazy organism that was just like destroying the city. And I was like wow this is like a legit thing. And I was like this is also what happens during these parties but you don't really notice because it's such a happy positive thing. So that's when it clicked. I was like wow we're really like waging peace like this is actually the opposite of violence the opposite of a riot and if it's on a big enough scale it's like the opposite of war usually it takes a common adversary to get people rallied and excited to do a thing like in sports or politics or whatever but this is like instead of a common adversary it's a common goal and if we can successfully do it on a large enough scale Believe we'd win the Nobel Peace Prize. So,
2: we support you.
4: Thanks.
1: What is so threatening, do you think, about dance? And the reason I ask is that I think that there's still some antiquated thing in New York, or at least in the city, like where you're not, <laughs> yes. it's like illegal to dance yeah. on the street. Yeah. So, he, I, what, what could be threatening about dance? Do you have uh, any I thoughts mean, on that?
3: <laughs> have you seen Footloose? I think it's pretty clear <laughs> well, that right. dance is a threat to our way of life and it must be stopped. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Now that's an interesting thing I've learned over the years too is it's a book, really cool book by Barbara Ehrenreich. It's called Dancing in the Streets, a history of collective joy. And she talks about the history of partying over the years. Apparently, when the colonialists were going all over the world, they kept finding these ancient cultures, and with them, like these crazy, ecstatic, like party rituals that was like a centerpiece of their culture that bonded the community and bonded everyone together. And then when they arrived, they're like, Oh, this is evil. We need this to be stamped out. So, it's definitely a big religious component, and just the commercialization of everything, too. Everything's been commodified and regulated and that's what you see at Burning Man is like kind of this return back to this these ancient kind of rituals. Yeah,
2: although ironically Burning Man is being commodified at this point, which makes me sad.
4: There's definitely some aspects that are problematic, but I've been amazed how well they've kept the spirit of it going for all these years. I think they
2: should just ban Instagram at Burning Man, and that would be very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, having the phones
4: there changes things. It's a thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you have uh, some eclectic, you have an eclectic array of interests, right? So people can't see you right now, but there's a Shiba Inu in the corner. And I was wondering if we could go there. Tell us what that's about.
4: I've always been into open source culture. As a filmmaker, I was always very annoyed that I couldn't use music in my films freely. I saw it as a huge impediment to creators around the world. And I got into remix culture about 15 years ago. Yeah, I think it was back in 2007. I had this kind of realization that man, everything ideally would be open source. I think that's the way forward for... Humanity. And then 2011, I got turned on to Bitcoin and I was just like, wow, this is like, finally, this is the missing piece of the puzzle to make the whole world, hopefully, as open and decentralized as possible, because power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I think ideally, we would decentralize these power structures. In 2013, someone put this beautiful shiba inu on a clone of bitcoin and called it dogecoin or we didn't know how it was pronounced in canada so we just called it dogecoin It's kind of stuck (laughs) love (laughs) and yeah it was i mean there's a lot to the whole history but we did a doge party where we went and invaded the airport on new year's eve and we just printed like hundreds of these stickers and stuck them on all the boom boxes and thought it would be hilarious and then all these boom boxes were in my house and the doge was just staring at me all day long. And we were sitting there just laughing and we're like, man, this is not getting old. Like, There's something very special about this face. Everyone, everyone was just showing up randomly at my house and independently saying, like, this is kind of like the Mona Lisa or <laughs> the Buddha, assuming its ultimate form, perhaps. And then it just inspired so much funny stuff like they raised money in doge to send the jamaican bobsled team to the olympics they put the face on the nascar we did all these ddps with it and the community was all about like doing wacky stuff and just charity and tipping each other because the doge was worth like tiny fraction of a cent so people would just like send each other a thousand doge and there was all these faucets and stuff Whereas with Bitcoin, it was kind of expensive and it wasn't as much about fun. It was more about building a new financial system. We've just been advocating for the Doge ever since for the past, it's been seven and a half years now and it just hasn't gotten old. And we did a camp coin at Burning Man in 2014, which was a huge success. And I
2: was there! So you've kind of alluded to this already, but so I wanted to ask, in your words, what is decentralized or distributed art?
4: So there is a new thing that's just starting to take off this year, really, which is called an NFT, non-fungible token. A decentralized currency like Bitcoin or Doge is fungible because like, the coins can be divided into pieces and sent to people. An NFT is a single item on the blockchain.
2: And it cannot be divided.
4: Like you could have multiple ownership of a piece of digital art. But the idea is that it's one indivisible thing. Like you don't want like the small corner pixel of an image.
2: Okay. So how does that play out?
4: Yeah. I've just been learning a lot about it over the last month because we've had this idea for seven years now to create these. NFT-style peace bonds. So the idea is to sell a million dollars worth of digital peace bonds to raise the money to finish the DDP documentary and activate as many people as possible around the world.
2: Can can we take a step back? Can you explain for people who have no idea what an NFT is, a non-fungible token? Can you explain that further?
4: Just means that it's a piece of art or anything that is proven on the blockchain. Like it could be like the ownership of your car or your house, like any item that is a physical item in the world can have an NFT attached to it.
2: So ownership on the blockchain.
4: Yeah, that's a good way. So,
2: so a previous guest had a really great example that I think sort of spoke to this. And it was the idea that if you write a song, you should own that song. And if someone buys that song from you, they own it everywhere, even if they bought it through Apple or bought it through Spotify. So Apple and Spotify become more like the grocery store. And as opposed to the system right now, where if you own it on Spotify, you don't own it on Apple. So I thought that was a really great way to explain the concept. But where I get hung up and I was wondering if you could help is that that seems to me to work only for specific whole works of art. So a song, a visual artwork, perhaps, you know, a video. But beyond that, I don't get it. So I know it's about putting the ownership back in the hands of the people. But if you look at a platform like TikTok, for instance, a TikTok not on TikTok doesn't make sense and has far less value, right? Because TikTok supplies the tools to create it. A lot of the creativity comes from the confines of TikTok and the tools of TikTok and the audience of TikTok. So is the idea just that distributed art and NFTs, they only apply to whole complete works of art or is there something I'm missing?
4: Yeah, that's definitely a good way to explain it is that you're not locked into any of these specific corporations or ecosystems, like you can have an n f t and if someone buys it or streams it or whatever, you can have like direct attribution to everyone who helped to create it, so it's a way to have direct compensation to the people that create artwork, a way to have provenance to prove who created it when, and it's a way for people to be able to take it and migrate it across platforms it also works with a cool example is like if you buy like armor in a video game you can take it to other video games or take it wherever sell it on all these different markets so
2: interesting so i could like take armor into farmville but then how would i use it there Like, don't the uses change, you know? It's
3: not about bringing the armor from one game to another, but to say, I've earned this in game A, and now it is mine for reals, and I can sell it to Gary so he can enjoy it in his, his game too, superseding the limitations of an in-game economy or in-game marketplace, which is probably limited to, you know, keep the economy stable or whatever. So it's a very interesting idea. You, know, you guys know I love video game economy. Nonsense. He
2: loves it.
4: It goes way, way deeper too. Like you can also tokenize like any piece of infrastructure. So like a road or a bridge or any building. And then anyone, anywhere else can potentially invest in that or donate to that. So this is like, you could totally rewire how foreign aid works. Like right now, money is just given to these governments, which often just use it to continually empower themselves so track This track where it ends up yeah for charities too you can see like exactly where every penny or every doge goes so it's a way to have transparency and accountability and governments or charities and a way to just network people directly if you want to help someone in a developing country to build a well or a bridge or whatever you can peer-to-peer send the money there's no middleman there's no western union or credit card company or whatever taking a cut and you can see that your money is actually going to a thing and like ideally it would be donations but if you can have the power of investment behind it say like here's a thousand dollars to build a well in your community and then once it's making money could go back to the people that helped finance it
1: Is this sort of what you meant when you tweeted that the Doge is a DAO to maximize Doge consciousness (laughs) worldwide? We did stalk your Twitter. (laughs) Is that sort of like what you had in mind with all that to elevate?
4: Yeah, the Twitter's pretty randomly updated. (laughs) The more we've spent time with the Doge, the more we've been uh, having a lot of realizations, like Doge spelled backwards is E-God or Ego-D, Ego-Death which is, I believe... Definitely
2: uh, intentional when the guy created it, for <laughs> sure. Isn't it true he hates it? The guy who created it, it's a joke and he's upset about it?
4: <laughs> yeah, if he was actually here. We did a Doge Con a couple years ago. Giant four-day conference. And he came? Yeah, he was there. Was he mad? <laughs> he wasn't mad. He seems to have an interesting relationship with the Doge where... <laughs> he didn't, when it was blowing up a few years ago, it was hitting like $2 billion market cap. And he was like, this isn't supposed to be happening. It's like, this was a joke. <laughs> and we're like, oh man, we're just warming up here. And now it's like 10 <laughs> billion. It's just ridiculous.
2: Well, speaking uh, of what is the deal with Dogecoin's recent rise? Tell us all about it. Explain it for the lay people.
4: I think the world is waking up. We're seeing this rise in doge consciousness. That's what we term it. There's definitely an intrinsic desire in everyone to have fun and have a good time and not take ourselves too seriously.
2: Okay, but more specifically, some stuff went down with GameStop and now (laughs) the doge is on the rise. Break it down.
4: Oh, man. That was a very funny week. So yeah, Doge has been hovering around Ascent for a long time, and it would just rush up usually when Elon would tweet about it, and then I'm, I'm sorry, which which Elon? There are so many. I wasn't sure which one you were referring
2: Matthew to. Matthew, I Musk. want to be clear.
3: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Musk, got it. Okay.
2: If Doge is e God, is Elon your Jesus? <laughs> is he? Because he's like the Messiah of the Doge coin. No,
4: the prophet. I wouldn't call him a messiah. I'd say he's <laughs> just a Doge. <laughs> believe just a there regular are. old doge. There's nodes for Doge consciousness, some more activated than others, and he's definitely seems to mm-hmm. be on that tip.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. But yeah, with yeah, the GameStop, GameStop thing, there was, as far as I understood it, there was a someone had a Twitter account that wasn't necessarily legit. And mid-GameStop, they're. They were like, should we like put some money in Bitcoin or what? And then this whole Doge army rallied in and they're like, no, Doge, Doge. And then it's like, okay, let's promote this. And then it just went like parabolic, went insane. It like, I think it's the craziest crypto pump I've ever seen in like 10 years.
2: How do you feel about it?
4: It was a great day, <laughs> and it's still hanging on. And yeah, like Gene Simmons, Snoop Dogg, all these people got on, and they're like, yeah, I just put a lot of money in here, six figures. And yeah, I mean, this is the power of the thing. A lot of people are like, yeah, the code hasn't been updated in a while. And it's like, whatever, it's open source. Like, that can be programmed in, but you can't program in funny or the most beloved meme in all history, so.
2: So, Doge, it- Specifically, is the future currency of the world?
4: Yes, and I also believe it's this perfect figurehead for the whole decentralization movement. I believe if we're building a new world, we gotta prioritize fun. One of my favorite quotes is, "If it's not fun, it's not <clears throat> not sustainable." And just imagine how more fun, how much more fun the world would be if this face was like everywhere.
2: Well, I love that, and I don't know about you, Jen, but I just have one final question, which is, do you own a Shiba Inu? Why or why not?
4: I don't at this point. I am a big fan.
2: What the hell are you doing?
4: I've got a lot of Doge stickers, if that counts. How
2: many stickers equals one live Shiba Inu?
4: Probably at least 17.
2: (laughs) Cool.
1: Makes sense. Well, thank you, Gary, for being the doziest. Um, We will forever remember this interview, and it's such a pleasure to actually see you on video. Thanks for being our first. Yeah,
4: thanks. <laughs> it's been fun. Nothing to believe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Allie, I nice <unwanted> there. <laughs> well, I can't wait to attend a decentralized dance party. And Burning what? Man and so many things. I can't. Do you guys remember parties? They were so cool. They were really parties fun. There they were bunch well. of people. We get together and but, breathe on each other. Mm, and Matt oh my God, you know what's crazy? Parties. Oh my God. Making out with a stranger sounds insane. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm going to be making out for two when the world comes back, you know, because Jen's, Jen's eating for two and she's taken. So I'm going to be making out for both of us. <laughs> okay. okay. No, I was that, just gonna that say that makes like, sense. There wasn't anything convoluted about that statement. Wait, I'm so. sorry.
3: If you are making out on behalf of Jen and Jen is with child, aren't you then making out for three?
2: Yes, yeah, technically. Yeah, I'll be making out for okay. three. Making cool. out yeah. for three. Yeah.
1: Uh, There's a lot of power in that. Got to teach mm-hmm. the new
2: the new baby A early. So yeah. And that's the new the baby's <laughs> last name. The baby's last initial. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it's an a, oh, okay. So we got a new baby mm. a, She's a in a new town. New
1: baby A in town. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, Allie, but why don't you want to attend The virtual dance party like, I r- understand it doesn't do like, it for me what, I'm just dancing
2: alone in my bedroom And mm-hmm. for my laptop, kill me Well,
1: like the, the virtual Bernie <laughs> Man I know you were like super
2: anti-attending I heard that. it was pretty surprised cool, me. to be honest okay. I heard it was pretty cool But okay. for me, I want to keep it The real life experience that it is mm-hmm. But uh, I support his work You know, this 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 and our crypto episode They did blow my mind a little because they're really about kind of reordering the world. Yes. Which I don't know. Matt's probably more into it than I am. It feels it feels a little too optimistic for me. There's so many ingrained systems that you'd really have to dismantle for this to work on any kind of meaningful level.
3: Mm -hmm. It makes me think a little bit about like the printing press.
2: Oh, you and the printing press. You've told us so many times about the printing press. I have. I have. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, you have. You're like, well, you no, something new else comes did. around and everybody everybody freaks out about the new thing, but this has always been happening.
3: No, no, no. I don't mean like that. I'm saying no, the printing press was not a same old thing. It completely obliterated and remixed our entire power system, governments, right, religion. Right. It, it it was insanely disruptive but i guess i'm saying like but the world didn't become like a perfect amazing place like it got better but it wasn't like we did it we solved everything like it was a it's has been a slow process to democratize information to literacy things like that the, the, as gary was saying this will democratize money and government and and whatever you know democratize government but you know like decentralize uh, these systems and i think it will but it will be ugly on the way there.
1: I think it's so incredible that like as artists and comedians, performers, that sort of background, to think that somebody could just create something like a Dogecoin and then not intend for it to like take on the meaning that it did, and then for everyone else to like for it could revolutionize the world. I I could see that after this talk with Gary. Mm-hmm. Um I might be hopping on and the it Elon was... Musk train. Created
2: as a joke, right? You, you a musketeer now?
1: I don't know, I don't know, but I'm conflicted about how I feel about the fact that it was created as a joke. It's like amazing and cool, but it's also like, shouldn't it just be a joke?
2: <laughs> That's mm-hmm. true. The world were created on jokes. Yeah, what a fun world that would be. That's Ooh. true.
1: doji
3: The joke thing is unique, but uh, there ha- there are other things, innovations that. Uh were created to do x and then the world was like no 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 not interested in x let's use it for y
2: yeah like how the internet was created for porn Ex- and then people started using it for other things
3: no no i i would say it's the internet like was created for scientists and then the and then everyone else was like no 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 you could put porn on this thing hey we split the atom think of all the energy we could have but what if we made bombs
2: with it if you own dogecoin tweet me i'm at ally gold a-l-l-i-g-o-l-d just, just tell me if you
3: own it <laughs> do, you, wait, you don't, own do you own it do you like what do it? you own you, do you own ethereum and bitcoin me do you don't i own Doge.
2: bitcoin ethereum mm-hmm. litecoin bad idea and i just bought some file coin right tbg
3: okay so are you going to Get in on the, on the doge.
2: I am not going to buy any doge coin, but I am going to live a doge life. Cool.
3: Live that doge life is what yes. you're saying. living
2: that doge life. Pop
1: Feels like you should support the coin if you are living that doge life. What a
2: capitalist you are, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> and I might get a Shiba You Mm-hmm. Not well, anytime would, soon, but like I could see that happening one day.
1: Yeah, that would be the height of mm-hmm. Doge.
2: So dogey. He
1: had a really funny point about it, like having a Mona Lisa esque look does. to it. It does. He's <laughs> that right.
2: Theme, it's like a soft smile. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. It's mm-hmm. looking like into your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And behind if that smile,
2: know, thoughts, right. words, beings. If you. If you
1: know what we're talking about, tweet at us. (laughs) Um, Tweet at me at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. And Ellie, what's yours again? Ellie Gold L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail. That phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347 871 lit And you can join our Discord server, discord.gg 2G1. P, We always would love to see you there Come and suggest show topics to us Or just hang out uh, And it would be great to see you again So discord.gg 2g1p Ali, if they want to contribute to our Patreon What do they do?
2: Please visit patreon.com slash 2g1p And give us your dollars Your US dollars <laughs> Actually, I think I'll convert it for you You can do whatever currency you want mm.
3: Does Patreon accept cryptocurrency? Like I don't lot know. Of
2: Doge. Patreon will accept cryptocurrency soon. That's just my bet. Okay. If That'd it doesn't cool. already.
1: All right, you decentralized dance party and fools. We'll see you next week. Thanks.
0: Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Alison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Then decentralized the blockchain i mean produced and edited by matt silverman in new york city additional music arranged in mario paint by phantom taco 132 production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. this show is a production of the daily dot the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet <laughs>
4: The Pod Glomler. A Sonic Universe.
3: What is customary to tip? No, I don't like this voice. Sorry. <laughs>